I think the thief of opportunity for kids today is distraction. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan, coming to you from now a very, very warm northern Salt Lake climate. I went trail running this morning. I don't run a whole lot because my knees are terrible, but I started running again and have been enjoying that. And hopefully you are safe and enjoying some outside time wherever you are listening from. Today, I'm excited to have Lance Black and Stephen Dalby join me from the Gab Wireless team. Thanks for joining, guys. Welcome. We're glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. We, uh, we can't think of anything more fun we'd rather do on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, you know, and if you're not familiar with Gab Wireless, Lance, do you want to just give us a quick overview of, of Gab and what it is? I've been fascinated. I've joined the Gab journey, but I won't be able to tell that story as, as good as you. So do you want to give us a quick overview? You bet. I'm glad to. Gab Wireless. We are a safe phone and a safe network for uh, kids. We are, we uh, identified a problem that exists out in the marketplace where parents do not have options when their 10 or 12 or eight or 14 year old son or daughter comes to them and say, says they want a phone. Their options out there are terrible. And so we solved that problem by creating the world's first phone and network for children. And we've done that by, by partnering with some pretty amazing companies to produce that. And so when we say a, a safe phone, we're talking about a, a phone that does not have all the uh, stuff that kids, uh, the stuff that they don't need. So think of a phone that really only is a phone and a way to text. Uh, no social media, no app store. No Minesweeper or Solitaire. <laughs> no games. No games. <laughs> no internet. So it's, it's, you know, as a parent, you can feel comfortable in giving it to your kid and, and sleeping well at night because you're not destroying them. <laughs> so that's, yeah. you know, at a high level, that's kind of what we do. Uh, and there's much more detail around that. I'm going yes, to chime in on this one. I think it's important for us to understand that it, it's very easy for us to look at what the phone doesn't do. And I, I just want everybody to know that's the intent of it. The intent of it is to be a very intentional device and to help kids especially live a more intentional life. I think that the thief of opportunity today, and I said this before, the thief of opportunity today is not gender. I don't believe that it's even social class. I don't believe that it's, it's any of these things that we would think of. I think the thief of opportunity for kids today is distraction. Instead of focusing on what Gab doesn't have, if a person really understood my mind and what it was I was really creating, I was creating a device that is intentional, that helps kids live a more intentional life, that helps kids, you know, when they're in school, to help them focus on what they're doing at school. When they're with their friends, they should be focusing on connecting with their friends. If we look at our society today, there are so many distractions on these devices. 
And so what I've done is I created a device that had that intent to just help kids have a more positive interaction with their first moment with technology and to help them really learn how technology should be used in a much more intentional way. But I would just hate for anybody to listen to this, to think that all Gab is, is a safe, home, a safe phone. It's not just a safe phone. I mean, we've got nation champ, you know, the national supercross champion in the United States uses a Gab phone. You know, we've <laughs> yeah. got, because it allows him not to be distracted and to focus more on his, his real passion, which is supercross racing. This guy's sponsored all over the place. We're starting to notice uh, our product is resonating with really high achievers because the, the device helps them and enables them to become a high achiever because there's so many less distractions. I think that's the biggest challenge in our society right now is that we just kind of let the waves push us around and, oh, well, I've got to go sign up for this now and I've got to go do that. And instead of, like you said, being intentional, which I, I love that backstory to kind of peel back those layers because I think that is absolutely what you have built. And a little background on me with my relationship with Gab, I remember seeing the, the Kickstarter go live. I remember seeing Colin Karchner really talk about, well, for many years, talking about the dangers of social media and everything. And then Gab enters the scene and me as a parent, we start talking to other dads and we're just like, is this a thing? Should we try this? What, what is this? This could be helpful. And so I pulled the trigger. I got a gab and put it in my, and got it back in August, I believe. And I paid the monthly service fee for up until just last month. So I paid the service fee and I did not give it to my daughter. The reason behind that was she just wasn't even ready for that phone, much less an iPhone, which is like the, the Ferrari, right? I just want to give her this device. And, and again, it was very much back to being intentional. It, it was not just saying, oh, well, you're 13 and here's the safe phone and everything's fine. It wasn't fine because, and, and I don't need to get into my relationship with my daughter, but we as me and my wife had made that intentional choice of holding off. And so I love that you touched on that. And I think that absolutely describes Gab and kind of took the words out of my mouth of that's how I would describe my last six months engaging with your brand is you have focus on intentionality. So I love that. What was it like thinking about a safer device and developing the product? What was that journey like? The, the thing that's, that's incredible about this whole story is it's built around passion. Steven is the founder. He's the one that, uh, that had the main idea. And it, was, and it was based because he felt a serious level of frustration when he wanted to give his son a phone. And he went around to, to a bunch of different stores all over the valley over a couple of weekends trying to find a phone that he felt comfortable in giving his son. And almost came away from that, I mean, I don't, I, I don't use the word mad lightly, but just kind of seriously frustrated that there was no solution out there. And so the, the thing that, uh, that impresses me about, uh, about what Stephen did there is, Many times when we find as consumers, when we find a hole or a need in a market, we're just like, ah, I hope somebody hurries and figures that out, right? Yeah. But he did something about it. And, and so he turned this frustration into, there is not a solution. I mean, the solution at the time was you can get a flip phone, but flip phones have internet, or you can get an iPhone and spend, you know, 800 bucks on it and put parental controls on it, but uh, a quick YouTube search and you can get around that, right? So. Yeah. 
So there was, there, there was just not a solution. So he did something about it. And so this journey, how to build a safe phone, first started with a passion of, oh my gosh, there is no solution. And not only is there no solution, but I'm going to do something about it. We're a relatively young company. I mean, we, we, we started with this Indiegogo Kickstarter campaign like last July, right? So it hasn't even been a year. But this, to lead up to that really is a, a testament to the, the power of relationships. So building relationships with big national phone companies that, that, that you know, the, the third largest cell phone manufacturer in the world. You just don't call those guys, but we found out a way to do it, right? And to call them. Working with the big national networks and carriers and, and getting some time with them and building out uh, a, a network plan that would be safe for them. Those, those phone calls are all a function of, of relationships. You know, Stephen's an entrepreneur and he was, uh, he was you know, he kind of had some day things going on. So in the morning that he's, he's talking with cell phone carriers and with, and with network carriers and providers. And in the, in the noon hour, that's what he's doing. And at night yeah. that he's doing. And before long, we have a device that, uh, that we can test and we can throw out on, on Indiegogo and see if there's a, an adoption for it. So it, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but in this case, when you have someone that's full of passion and, and wants to solve a problem, in many ways, it kind of can happen overnight with a lot of good luck <laughs> and persistence. And Stephen, what would you say from a society standpoint, was there some main societal triggers that were kind of coming in and what did you identify those at that really stuck out to you? Today is not a day to be judgmental towards other parents. And the reason why I say that is because I see, and I know this is crazy, and I, and I probably need to get out of this habit, but I see every comment on every Facebook ad campaign, and I read them all. Hmm. And we have community managers that are handling these. I see their answers. I see their responses. I see, and the, the reason why I'm saying this is because for some reason, this topic, it strikes an emotional chord with a lot of parents. And we have some parents that feel like, oh, well, I gave my child a smartphone. I therefore need, I, I still am a good parent, even though I made this, you know what I mean? And you have other parents that are saying different things. And so if there was a message that I could just tell all parents out there, it's just not a day to be judgmental as a parent. Each parent knows their child. And you know what? Our device may not be for everybody and that's okay. It doesn't make one parent any better or less of a parent. If they end up getting a gab phone, or if they end up getting a full-fetched smartphone, you know, as far as the societal triggers out there, my goodness, I mean, look at the data on this, the anxiety from anxiety to depression, to other mental health issues. But not only that, we're talking about ADHDs at an all time high. We're seeing a lot of these. And so it's possible that for what's right for one family may not be right for another family. But as we took a look at all of these kind of factors, you know, and kind of considered everything that was happening, we, I just felt that it was important to give parents more options than they currently have. And right now, the only options in the market are a flip phone and a full-fledged smartphone, whether that's an Apple device or a Samsung device or Kyocera. So those are pretty much the only options. So what we've done is we've just come in and just kind of filled that gap in between um, in creating that device. So I can yeah. tell you the challenge from a parent, you well know this, is, is you hit it on the head of, 
you give them this iPhone and then it becomes like your part-time job to police this thing and <laughs> put in these softwares. And we put in something in our router. I don't even know what it's called. It's something to make our Wi-Fi safe. And I'm just like, man, I got to babysit this stuff. Like I just, it's not what parents need. And as I've talked to other parents, they're like, they're, we're just chasing our tails around. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this software, but that doesn't do this. And so I just feel like this is a, a very clean option. It's very like, I actually can sleep at night. I don't feel the worry, right? Handing this to my daughter. I don't feel like I'm handing her the keys to a, a you know, a Ferrari when I'm teaching her how to drive for the first few years. I can definitely appreciate that. Well, that's, that's great. And, and the one common thing that I see from parents is that outcome. The outcome from the parent is peace. And the, this, the word that I see all the time is I just don't need to worry. Mm. I just know that because the, the device, just, you know, you know, ZT created a custom binary operating system exclusive for our network. And, and my request on this is that internet browser totally removed. So it's not blocked. It literally doesn't exist on the device. <laughs> App Store, totally removed. That had to get all the way to the top Google approval. And I mean, so we're talking like acts of Congress just happened so quickly because people saw what my intent was. And my intent was just to create a device that, you know what I mean, that was different. It's a lot of pain relief. Uh, absolutely. Mm, for sure. Early on when you were starting this and you did the Indiegogo uh, what else was part of your main marketing strategy to increase awareness? I, I expect that, you know, the us parents are doing a lot of that word of mouth for you. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, the solution. Thank you. What else was part of that strategy? So you, you nailed it, Adam word of mouth early on was huge. Uh, when we would go out and have customer interviews, uh, how did you hear about us? Oh, my neighbor, you know, told me about it. Or we mentioned, uh, uh Colin Karchner earlier through, affiliate networks and, and those that have influence, you know, the influencers, we've, we've tapped into them early on and those that have passion about our mission. But early, early on, we keep in mind that uh, we, this was just an idea, right? And so we, we launched on Indiegogo and we wanted to see if others had the same passion around this problem that, that we did. And, and it was very successful. We raised a lot of money on that. And that allowed us at that point to, uh, to kind of buy the first batch of phones, right? From there, we impressed with how quickly we could target people on Facebook. From an early standpoint, like back in August, September timeframe, we, we were doing a lot of targeting on Facebook. So I would say the influencer market was huge, the word of mouth, and then specific targeting on Facebook to kind of drive awareness and to drive product sales. And for those listening, if you haven't done much with Facebook ads, jump on right now. CPMs are an all-time low. That's just my little paid media plug. Get on there, get testing. It, it's pennies on the dollar to advertise right now. Uh, but thank you for that. I love uh, talking about the targeting, but also mixed with the influencers. That's something I really believe with trust as well, that we're not so focused on transactional relationships, but you know, believing in missions. That's where I believe influencer relations works the best rather than how many followers do you have? It's, it's more about, do people actually trust you, right? And, and partnering with those. And even down to the parental level, my belief is we're all influencers. I don't care even if you have an Instagram. I don't care even if you have a Facebook, it doesn't matter. We all influence. And whether that's a conversation across the fence with a neighbor or posting something on Instagram, love that and your approach. 
I appreciate you saying that, Adam, because you're right. It isn't, we could go out and find a lot of influencers that are, you know, they've got all so many followers on Instagram or whatever, but that we're very mission driven, very mission focused. And so we're pretty selective. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we, we, in, in many cases, we don't pay our influencers, right? They're part of our mission and they do it because they're, they're passionate as we are. Uh, as a matter of fact, we engaged an influencer recently that drove a significant amount of traffic to our website and, and, and subsequent sales because of the mission and it really didn't cost us anything, right? So, so because we're very passionate about our mission and our, and our vision, people jump on board and they want to join the cause. And anyway, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. What kind of anxiety or nervousness did you have when you were launching and what was that initial response from consumers? I mean, it, it sounds like it was really positive, but was there any kind of challenges or things you had to overcome as you were in that launch phase? My biggest fear was the video. In what way? That was my biggest fear because that video had me everywhere. On this video. <laughs> you know, if you get to know me on a more personal level, that's just not something that I even desire. It's not even like any type of a spotlight, any type of anything like that. It's just not even an interest of mine. But to put myself out there on an, an actual video that I knew was going to be potentially seen by hundreds of thousands of people and has, that for me was very scary. And so if there's any entrepreneurs out there, I don't even know what advice to give you on that. But I mean, it really is a scary thing when you put yourself out there and you put your name out there and your credibility and everything. And that took quite a bit of persuasion from the team to say, you've got to do this. My idea would have been, let's get, let's get Lance in there and let's get, you know, a handful of other people that are involved in the project because I never could have done this alone. I just didn't have the, I didn't have the, the competency. I didn't have the skill set, And uh, it was through a lot of, a lot of persuasion and encouragement from the team saying, I'm really grateful for them just pushing me kind of gently nudging and pushing me to do that. But for me, that was the scariest thing. I knew the product was solid. I don't need to go into all the reasons I knew that, but I mean, we had, I was, we tested this device like nothing else. So I knew the product was solid. I knew that the business model was solid. I knew that everything from our go-to-market strategy to first mover advantage, you know what I mean? When you've got something new and you position yourself in that, it's pretty tough to get knocked out. And so now that we have, you know what I mean? We've got some deeper pockets. We just raised another round of capital, a hundred billboards, literally. Um, in the state of Utah right now, we got this as a fantastic deal with everything happening with COVID. Yeah. And so, I mean, from a first mover advantage, I feel really good about it. But the scariest part of Gab was that video. It scared me to death, Adam. I just want to touch on this for a minute because one thing that a lot of people ask me about is video. Well, they don't ask me about video. What they ask me about is how do I, what's the silver bullet? What's the trick with marketing? How do I get out there? What? And, and what I'd go back to is these pillars of trust that we talk about is proximity, expertise, and honesty. And you're really hitting on basically all three of them. Proximity is the closeness that we feel through each other. And so while it gives us anxiety, like you've talked about in fear, it's like, oh, I don't want to put my face on there and on these ads. And so but really, that's how people feel a connection. And they see you as a father and they say, wow, yeah. I feel that because honestly, if we had someone like a YouTube star who has no children up there and they're famous and they're fancy and doing all their stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, Gab. It's like, no nah, man, 
you don't understand. You don't understand the fear you have when you're sending a daughter out into the world and that world is middle school, which is an absolute nightmare. We hate middle school, right? It's been so bad. It's been, uh, I'm getting really vulnerable here, but it's true. It's like, that's, that's that vulnerability. I mean, you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's just, it was just, it scared me to death. It still does. It's not something that I'm naturally very good at. Sure. But I am passionate about what we're doing. Um, I'm passionate about the device. I'm passionate about, I'm very aware, you know, I'm in Palo Alto now. And so I'm a little more, I'm not the same person today. No, I'm not the same person today as I was when we started this. What's the biggest change you think? Here about crazy smart individuals in a room creating another app or another game that has to make sure that dopamine dopamine levels are hit so that kids become addicted to these things there's just something inside of me it just strikes this chord and i'm just not okay with it thank you for sharing that 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 is uh i appreciate that and i i think that really is building off of those pillars of trust that as we feel that closeness and, and video does that, but just sharing your mission and your passion and not just trying to crank out another device of, oh, well, we're selling pain relief to parents. Yeah, in a sense you are, and that's probably why it's gone so well, but there is that more intentional mission, which I absolutely love. I would say the big takeaway there is to entrepreneurs launching a product, don't be afraid of video. It's been around, it's, it's still working, it's still important. And as we've seen with COVID, it, is even more important because we can't have these in-person connections. We can't have the natural connections that we may have had before. Hence, everyone on video, everyone doing meetings, everyone doing these things. I'll pass this on to any entrepreneur. Um, my experience, I'm, I don't know if it's unique or if it's different, but my experience being on the stage is that the people in the audience have been so supportive. And so if you're an entrepreneur right now and you've got something that you're really passionate about, if you are an entrepreneur, I would strongly discourage you from starting any business that you are not passionate about. I love that. That is It, it requires great. an insane amount of passion. It is so hard. And so if your intent is, as an entrepreneur is to go make a bajillion dollars, go, go do something else. Because as a society, we just don't really have the time for people like this. You know, if you really are passionate about something, whatever that is, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there, put your name on it, put your video on it, go ahead and really make a difference. And that's your compensation. Your compensation is the impact that you make on society, not necessarily the bottom line or, or, or you know what I mean? any type of a compensation that way. So I would also mirror that advice to people. I hear this sometimes people wanting to be an influencer and my ears just kind of burn a little bit when I hear that. And I'm just like, ah, what do you want to influence? Like, what do you mean by that? And I know what they mean. They want this massive reach. They want all these things. And I loved hearing something the other day where it was like, you know, if someone walks away from your page, a better person, then you are the right type of influencer. So don't be so focused on the, the recognition, the accolades, but more of just making the world a better place. I love what you said too of, yeah, don't, don't chase the, the big end result, chase the mission. I love that. Yeah, I, I just think you need to be passionate about what you do. And if you're passionate about what you do, um, then you've already won. You don't need to, you've already won. If Gab only, if there was only one family that 
got Gab and it really helped their family in that particular one. That's great. That's, that's a wonderful takeaway and, and a great way uh, to wrap up. Uh, Lance, anything else you want to add when it comes to, you know, advice you'd give to business owners or entrepreneurs, uh, maybe trying to disrupt a market or launch a product right now? Disruption is key. You know, as we, as we look at Gab and, and, the, and the niche that it played, there was, there was a pain point that was discovered early on. There was some research that was done that was decided there's not really an offering that's accept, acceptable. And then there was a tenacity and a duck your head and go to work and it's, and it's going to somehow come together dogged approach to just solving it no matter what that is inspiring. And then all of a sudden, one of, one of the things that I've really appreciated about working uh, with Stephen and with Gab is that when we're, when we're focused on, when, we, when we've got a product and we've got a mission and we've got a, a, a need, there's a, there's a, you, you asked earlier what the initial reaction from a consumer is when they buy this. We didn't really answer that, but really if I could summarize that in one word, their, their answer is finally, <laughs> finally, right? And so we know that there's a, there, there, there's a need. And the thing that I've appreciated in working with, with, with this mission behind Gab is that we solve the need and all the chips fall into place. I can't tell you how many times when we've needed money for a marketing campaign, it fell in our lap. When, when we needed a connection to an individual, a door was open. And it was almost comical to the point that, uh, that we just knew that our mission was so great that the doors were going to be open and they continued to be opened and open and open. And so this passion that Stephen talks about, uh, that, something that you're passionate about and, and you have a product that fits a, 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 a you know, demographic really well and you have the dogged approach of duck your head and go to work, the doors will open. That's the message I would say. The doors will open to accomplish your mission and what you're trying, uh, what you're trying to fulfill. Uh, Fantastic. we've seen it here over and over and over again. And then not just once or twice, it's like 15 times. <laughs> yeah. And Adam, I've just got to say one thing and I can't go into too much detail. There is a lot more coming that nobody can see right now. Really? That's and awesome. You think if a person listening to this goes, Oh, I know what Gab is in the next six to 12 months. I mean, these are things that have taken as much heavy lifting, in fact, I'm going to say more heavy lifting has been done since we launched Gab that nobody can see yet. And in the next six to 12 months, when people start to see some of the things that um, we've been able to do and accomplish, there's a lot more coming. And so we are so excited um, to provide value and to help mold and shape society. I do believe that if you want to know the future, create it. And we're creating it. And the, the brand Gab will be known everywhere. And you're going to see more and more glimpses of that over the next six to 12 months. It's very special. That's amazing. I, and thank you for sharing that. And that means a lot, uh, especially hopefully helping uh, you, sh you share that message just here on the podcast and, and my own network. So thank you for that. That is, that is phenomenal. As we wrap up, we had two listener questions come in. I, uh, shared that this interview was going to be happening. In the time that you've done this marketing, have you seen marketing change and is it for the better? And this came from Kendra Burns. Uh, that's a good question, Kendra. Uh, so we've changed the way we approach marketing, but necessarily marketing hasn't changed mainly because we're, 
we've really been marketing heavily for about the last seven or eight months. Uh, yeah. What we've done though, is we've learned how to better target. And we've also learned how to better listen to our customers. So let me give you an example. We, we take our customer feedback pretty seriously. And so we, when somebody gives a review or they give us feedback on our, on our social channels, and if you go check our social channels, we, we have a lot of following and a lot of pass, uh, you know, uh, passion based customers, they give us advice or they give us counsel. And then we'll, on many of those, we'll, we'll call them and talk to them and we'll glean information. Well, guess what? That data that we learned through research of the customer feedback and the interviews we do, guess where that data ends up? as content on our landing pages, right? We, we kind of bring that full circle. We listen to the customer. We understand the common need. We put that on our landing pages. And then, uh, and then when we drive uh, our audience to those landing pages from social, then it resonates with them because it's speaking truth and it's, and it's authentic and it's real. Yeah, I wouldn't say marketing has changed. I would say we have changed to better understand our, our customers and then to use their voice on our landing pages to help convert. That is so smart. I, I, that is something I've, I've seen and work really well as you tighten that feedback loop and really bring it to, to market quickly. That's phenomenal. And then this last one comes from Darren Smith. What are the main metrics that you really track and care about? I'm going to go ahead and answer that without any thought or hesitation. The only thing that I'm focused on is the experience of the end user. That's awesome. what I focus on everything i am obsessed with the, to make sure that this product is exactly what it's supposed to be and i think that when you build a company um, you have to build that from the bottom up and when i say the bottom up really looking uh, all to me all a company is are two things a, well first a, a customer and an end user and sometimes the customer is the end user in the case of Gab, that would be very rare for an eight-year-old to go ahead and get, <laughs> right? Um, so we have a customer, we have an end user. That is what I focus on every single day. Are we delivering exactly what we say we're going to deliver every single day in a consistent manner? Um, so yeah, in response to the question, that's, that's what come to mind quickly. Thanks for sharing those questions to our listeners. Keep those coming. And one thing we do here on the podcast, which is kind of fun, is called Pick My Red Glasses. Some people want to pick my brain, and I get these emails all the time, and I just can't let everyone pick my brain because there'll be nothing left, and then my wife will get angry, and uh, that, could be, that could be rough. If I lose my brain, I lose my relationship with my wife. So <laughs> I have an option. It's called Pick My Red Glasses. If you are listening and want to submit a question, I do these segments at the end of the episode. You can submit a up to 90 second recording. Ask me anything and we'll put it at the end of the episode and then I'll answer it there. Or you can just respond to any uh, time I post on Facebook and we can do these types of questions for our guests. So that is uh, a lot of fun. All right, to wrap up here, uh, as per tradition, we play a little game called Name That Handle. This is a chance for you to win 5,000 points redeemable uh, nowhere, but you're, you two are going to have to split the points, so 2,500 each if you get this, get this right. I'm going to give you one word clues about someone that you are connected with on social media. In this case, it is LinkedIn. Are you ready? Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's the classic response, actually. I, uh, I get that a lot. 
I think you'll, I think you'll get it. And, and you've got two, you've got two people, you've got a lifeline, you can both uh, talk through it, but I'm going to give you one word clues. All right. You ready for the first clue? Yes. Tesla. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> oh, you better say that. <laughs> I know who it is, but go ahead and keep going. <laughs> no, if you want to guess it on the first one, you know, that means you get extra gold stars. Has anybody ever guessed it on the first one? Yeah, it's been happening a lot lately, and I've tried to make my guesses a little bit more difficult, but then I'm like, I, anyway, the, the, the rules of name that handle are very fuzzy, but I, I love doing it anyway. You want to guess? Ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't want to. Go ahead. Get, you don't want to. All right. I'll chat you right now. The answer. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I'll say it just to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it from Lance. This is... This is uh, diabolical. I love it. Okay, I'm here we go. Can we know Stephen is passionate about uh, about Tesla. Um, Adam, am I right? Stephen is correct. For the first time in hey. name that handle history, someone has texted me the answer, and, and I love that. I, there is no rules with name that handle. Keep going, because I don't want to ruin the game. Well, I, I think I know who it is. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm going to guess Scott. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Scott Paul. Yeah, that's right. I knew. I knew. I knew that he was. I was trying to think if it was. If I, I knew that Lan, or that Scott was uh, was passionate about about. What were the uh, other words? What were the other words, Adam? That you were going to do? I was going to do mask. You know, because he's focused on uh, Mia Como uh, doing his new awesome. mask company. Um, then I was going to think about sheep. Uh, for Wooly, uh, the great work oh, that he's doing with that. I, you know, you, I, I could have kept going. I mean, where do you, where do you end and start with yeah, Scott? Those, just, just an incredible for guy. For those that don't know Scott, he, you know, he's, um, he was an early investor in Gab. In fact, I think that he may have been, you know, if one of, if not the first individual to invest in Gab, but he's got a track record that's pretty impressive. As far as being an early investor in Homey, uh, an early investor in Neighbor, an early investor in Gab, and so he's he's done a fan, fantastic job in, in you know what I mean in his portfolio. He's yeah, I love what he's doing right now with the masks. He's super passionate about that. It's an honor to be able just to have an association and a friendship with him. Great individual. Really enjoy you know working with him and and the feedback that he's given Gab. So. I love it. Yeah, Scott. Scott's a good friend of mine as well, and and that's kind of the the idea of name that handle is that we get to talk about someone great in the industry and, and the great work they're doing. And I knew you had a relationship with him, and figured you know it'd be fun to hear your uh, lens of of how you know him. Well, that's awesome. Well, you both did awesome. And one word, man, we are on like a one uh, a one clue uh, guest streak right now. Everyone's been getting it in one word, so that's uh, that's super fun. Well, again, thank you both for joining this episode. I personally have been in, invested in Gab and been watching it, and I, I'm a buyer of the product. I'm a user. Me and my wife are navigating this, and I can just say in, in just the last few weeks that we've given this to my daughter, it has been a really great experience, and I've, you know, I do refer people onto it, but not in a sense of this is the ultimate solution. You shouldn't do anything else, but more of this is what worked for us, and what is working for us. And, and that has been a great experience. So thank you both. Thank you, Adam, for having us on. Thank you, Adam. All right, next time join us and we will be doing episode 36 here on the Marketing Trust. We will see you next time.